Welcome to ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw, your host. My email is russ at asi247.org. Wanted to make a quick announcement about email and about spiritual warfare. Um, a lot of weird stuff happens when I start this show up again, and I don't think it's all coincidence, and depending on where you're at in your faith... You know, oh yeah, whatever, Russ, yeah. A weird guy, a weird Christian guy, whatever. But um, a lot of weird stuff goes on when I start uh, picking up the microphone of the ASI and getting started. There's just a lot of resistance, I believe, out there spiritually to anyone who um, tries to push back the darkness of addiction, especially sex addiction, especially the, the realm of sexuality. And just a lot of weird stuff's been happening. So I wanted to make an announcement about email. After I did the show where I kind of was calling people to, uh, calling people out to send me email and and war with me, I'm going to ask you to war with me in prayer today. Um, My email went down basically for about seven days, I can figure, seven to ten days, I'm not sure. Uh, The website went down for about four four or five days due to a... uh, kind of a weird fluke billing error by uh, my my server host. So if you did not receive a response from me, if you sent me an email after that show and I did not respond to it, then I did not get it, okay? I respond to all the emails that come in. I say, hey, you know, thanks or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it if you didn't hear back from me. So wanted to make that crystal clear. Um... My email, uh, russ at, at uh, asi247.org and russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Both of those were down. Um, my main email, just to let you know, is C, the letter C, russ shaw, that's three S's, at gmail.com is my, uh, is my main email. That's what all that forwards to. First initial C. My first name is Charles. Just to let you know, I, I I go by Russ because when I was a when I was a kid, I had red hair. I am a I'm a DNA milkshake. You know, I'm a I'm a mutt. I'm a human mutt. That's what I am. So so they called me Rusty when I was a little kid. There's there's Rusty. Here he comes. You know, and so the the name Russ kind of stuck. Stuck with me. So yeah, just stuff that's been uh, weird stuff that's been happening. I got my car broke into. I mentioned that on the last show, and uh, basically stole my MP3 player with a, a lot of my stuff in it, study material and audio books and sermons and things of this nature. About four gigs worth. Uh, got a $300 ticket for doing 30 miles an hour. That's never happened before. That's kind of weird. I, I left my driver's license at home, and I, I happened to get pulled over for doing 30 and a 20. It was a school zone, but it's one of those kind of speed traps where they say, uh, yeah, not while children are present. It's just all the time. You know, if it's school hours, you don't drive over 20 miles an hour, so... I'm holding four other cars back, and the, the guy pulls me over, and all four cars behind me. 
So it's just been weird stuff like that. My son last night was so sick. We almost took him to the emergency room. He had a cough, a hacking congestion, just really having a real hard time breathing. We've been filling him up with all sorts of cold medicine and allergy medicine. And, and he's a pretty healthy kid, you know. This is not not normally him. We, we gave him some of that primatine mess inhaler, and that seemed to clear it up pretty good. Probably have him taken to the doctor today. So... Uh, just under attack, man. Just under spiritual attack, me, my family. And I'm I'm praying that uh, I'm praying that you're praying for me, and I'm praying for you guys as well. So we're kind of covering each other in, in prayer out there. My son's name's Austin. You want to lift up in a prayer for him? It's just the. the the realm, the spiritual realm is, is, uh, it's real and it's out there. And I don't think that, uh, weird, bad stuff happening when I pick up this microphone is, is any kind of coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence anyway. So you can send me your email now. As soon as I had the email turned back on, the email started coming in. So I, I imagine that there's a lot of email that I missed wanted to address an email that I got from a listener on uh, the show today. So, a listener from Canada writes, Love your show. Please keep it coming. I've been porn-free for six months now. And I have to say congratulations to that. It's a big, uh, big hurdle. Milestone. It's good stuff, six months. Anyway, continuing on, uh, I like the past show. One question about a comment on the show. The whole thing about being addicted to math. I absolutely would never be addicted to math. However, as far as porn goes, it seems that there is a bit of difference between math and sexuality. It seems that sexuality is something that goes far deeper than most things. It is an innate part of my being and it seems that it is impossible to keep the evil nature from trying to corrupt my sexuality I agree that I don't really need to look at porn or anything I just have I just I just like having a filter for the fact that I won't run down the wrong path or down the slippery slope the internet is the whole thing that got me addicted in the first place Anyway, I just thought there are some differences between the mundane things of life and the core issues like sexuality. I would love to not be affected when a woman walks by and not notice. I, oh, I, I am always trying to capture every thought for Christ, but it's hard. That's a listener from Canada. Uh, I hope that I wasn't uh, coming across as uh, Mr. I've done this, listen to me guy. Yeah, um, that's the last thing I want to come across as. I guess what the freedom that I experience now is like that is what I was trying to to say. That I want you to get to the point where you don't have to put uh, a filter on your computer. Um, it's a great idea to have a filter on, you know, for kids and stuff like that. But the the thing is, if you don't want to look at something, you're not going to. And that's that was my point basically. I, I I am not addicted to math either. I know there's some people that are OCD that you know love that stuff and can't keep away from it. You know, 
I don't think they build anti-math filters. I don't think that would work. But uh, that's kind of the point that I was trying to reach is that I, I would like you to, because I remember being so addicted to this stuff. I remember being, um, like the listener said in this email, just, just banging my head against the steering wheel and just like, what the heck? What is wrong with me? I, I, I fell again. I can't stop. Help me and just reaching for God and just please free me from this. And the journey out of this is, is I think, what God wanted me to get to in understanding who he is as a relationship with him. Um, I believe that uh, a lot of people find porn in different ways. A lot of people find addiction in different ways. What one person is addicted to is not necessarily what another person is addicted to. And if we don't fix our heart disease is what I talk a lot about in this show. We don't fix addiction. We don't get the addiction solved. Um, we just jump from thing to thing trying to either numb the pain or trying to prop our own identity up and in, in who we are and who we think we are. And you know, we're just we're just trying to trying to survive. So when I talk about going for the heart of addiction, and that may be a part of the title of my book, is uh, uh, going after the heart of addiction, the, the depth, the deep part of it. Because that's, like the listener said, it, it is it is right up against your soul, your sexuality. It is, is deep. It is very, very deep. So getting that solved is, is going to take something a little more, you know, deeper than just the surfacey things of... Uh, recovery it's like sexuality is the core it's it's one of the cores to our identity and I talk about identity a lot because who we are who we think we are is is part of our survival mode somebody starts to approach or starts to get close to who we are um, we get real touchy we get real standoffish we get defensive and that's what I want to, you know, break into, I guess, with, uh, with the way I do addiction is, is all the way down to the heart, all the way down to the core of who you are, who you think you are. And, and that is having a spiritual life. Without a spiritual life, we, uh, you know, we're, we're just cognitive or we're going to our subconscious and, you know, all the psychology books written about the subconscious, it's, it's way deeper than that. We, as beings, are deeper than our subconscious mind. And I guess that's where the uh, psychologists would argue with me. But I think that the 12-step programs have, have a lot of evidence to that. It's still, you know, 12-step is still the, the best way to get out of the behavior that you're doing at the, the present time. It's still the, the greatest way to get free of that. And it, it, all of these addiction um, recovery groups ones that have success are based on a spiritual life, you know, the higher power. You have to have something outside of yourself. But it's not just outside yourself. It's it's a journey deep inside of who you are as well. God, uh, you know, he listens to our thoughts from afar, David says in Psalms, but we need to journey through that and with him and ask him into into the deep parts of our heart and that that's the tough part you know sometimes we don't want to journey to the deep parts of our own heart 
because of the hurt, because of the pain, because of the stuff we don't even we don't even want to acknowledge. The Bible says the heart is the wellspring of life. So it's it's the internal it's the external, it's connecting with God and, and God is, is poking around, like I said then last year, trying to put the, the the finger on where it hurts. And and the surface stuff, you know, it's it's the surface stuff is just an indicator. Um the listener said that, you know, it was the internet that got me addicted in the first place. I think the internet is a uh that's one thing Dr. Phil said. We are the next generation of teenagers. This is an all-access generation because of the internet. You know, the kids nowadays don't have to find porn under the bed. They don't have to sneak the magazines. Um, it's just readily available. I think the addiction to pornography it points to a, a an internal thing. It points if it's something. Here's here's my take on on addiction. If, if you've told yourself you're going to stop and you repented from it, and you keep returning back to it, then uh, then that's the addiction, and that is it points to something deeper in the heart that needs to heal. So the saying the internet got me addicted in the first place, I believe um, that there it's deeper than that. Um, the internet is the blinking light on the dashboard. Okay, the, the addiction is the blink, blinking light on the dashboard. The fact that you can't stop is, is the identifier. It's the blinking light. Now, your heart is, is the oil problem, right? Your engine's leaking oil. You have an oil light on the dashboard. And a lot of addiction recovery is simply reaching up underneath the dashboard and cutting the light off. That's a problem. If you just cut the indicator light off, you still have an oil leak. Your your heart is still leaking. If there's anything good about addiction, I think it's that. It's that it points to a an underlying behavior, it, 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 uh, an underlying heart wound. And people can roll their eyes and say that, oh, I don't know, Russ, that, I don't think so, that's not true. You, you, you may not even know it cognitively on the surface. And that's why um, us as Christians have a, a, who have a spiritual life and who walk deeply in our spiritual life and who reach for God and, in every way to the core of who we are, that's the difference. That's the difference between treating what's on the surface and treating what's in the heart. The spiritual walk, as it's called. The spiritual journey. So it's not the what, that's the internet, it's it's the why. Why do we keep returning to it? And that's going deep, and that's carving out those things in our heart, and, and that's what changes behavior for, the, for good, for the long run. It's when we don't want to anymore. I've, I've said it before, you know, the, there's an industry out there that's, that goes to help people stop doing the things that they want to do. We want to do these things, and we, we say we don't want to, and, and we have this battle, this good dog, bad dog battle. It goes back and forth. And how we win that battle is, is going into the heart. Jesus wants our heart. He's concerned with our heart. 
the listener talks about taking every thought captive. That's a big part of my my ministry, what I talk about, how to get free of this thing. Taking every thought captive. Every thought. And putting it under the authority of Christ. And what does that mean? You know, I, I used to have people tell me that, and, and I talked about that a lot, how a, a jacked-up view of religion uh, had really messed with my relationship with God. Because I thought, well, I was this dirty sinner, and that's the point, is I am the dirty sinner. And God died for me anyway. And the grace that Jesus has poured out on me already, it's finished. He said, it's finished. We start to learn, start to learn why we do the things. When we get to why, when we get to the why, then we're starting to, to turn the addiction around. And a lot of us will just say, oh, well, I'm just this horrible person, I'm this dirty sinner, I'm just this guy that keeps going back to it, that's why. Because I suck, you know, that's why. <laughs> and that's not right either. And that's that's why I talk about identity so much. You need to know who you are. Who you are in the economy of Jesus. In the economy of, of the supremacy of Christ. And Paul talks about the you know the supremacy of Christ and Colossians. Everything was made for him. We are part of His glory. We become Christians. We're part of the glory of God. All who've sinned have fallen short of the glory of God. I believe that the glory is is the music. I don't think the Bible is a, is a big book of rules. It, it, it's it's a book. It's it's a book written to the heart. And it's a book about how to play God's music, how to fit into God's symphony, how to be the glory of God. That's what we're made for. We're made to glorify God. That's why you're you're listening to me right now. You're an individual. I, I there's, you know, religions that teach you oh, you're just a, a a drop of water that falls into a an ocean. No, you're 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 music. And God has a certain instrument and a certain part that He has you playing in His orchestra for your good. And when we fit into that music, when we fit into that symphony, it's beautiful. And it glorifies Him. It's not about getting what we want, getting the life that we want. And not saying it's not fair for the stuff that we didn't sign up for, for the pain that's been caused to us. How we deal with that pain glorifies God. How we deal with the, with the junk in life is what glorifies God. The 80-20 rule. 20% is the stuff that happens to you. 80% is how we react to that 20%. that's what I want you to understand when, when I say trusting God, because I remember having people tell me, well, you just don't trust God, Russ. That's the problem. You just need to trust in Him. Put your life in His hands. I'm like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Trust God? 
what do you mean? I remember just wrestling with that for years. And a big part of that wrestling with that was that I wasn't really plugged into Christians who were doing like the Bible says, the body of Christ. You know, some of us are hands, some of us are feet, and we all fit together. And as we interact and we, we talk with each other and we're safe for one another and we love each other and we're not picking each other apart, we're not pointing out each other's flaws, we're, we're saying, hey, we're on the same team. Let's, uh, how can we pool our knowledge and wisdom? And some of us are strong in areas that some of us are weak. And when we're in community, then we're doing that. Then we're, we're talking with one another. We're helping one another. So it's so important to be in, in community, in a real Christian community. Because I, I just didn't get it, you know. And people would tell me, well, you just don't trust God. And I'd say, uh, yeah, okay, well, I need to just trust God more. And then I'd, like, uh, all right, you know. And I didn't really ask what that meant. I, I didn't, I remember I I would get very, very frustrated. But I don't, I don't really remember getting in, in community and asking what that means. I don't know what that means. What do you mean, trust God more? And a big part of trusting God is repentance, you know. Repentance has got a bad rap, I think, especially in the culture. I remember I was watching Happy Feet and and the old grumpy penguin, you know, pointing the finger at the at the dancing penguin, you know, the hero of the film and repent, you need to repent from your dancing and having fun. You're not supposed to have fun. You know, so the culture has this word repent in a, in a kind of a religious, you know, holds it in a religious regard, like that's those stuffy Christians who point the finger at people and judge other people. But repentance is something that we do as an individual. And behind my eyes, I'm going to repent. I'm going to um, find what God's best is for me. And that's what reading Scripture is, is, is getting God's best for us is what Scripture is. And as we read it, we, man, I'm not doing that. And then we pray about it. God, help me do that. Help me understand that. Help me wrap my head around that. Pray and ask God to point out what your functional saviors are. You know, that's a big one. What do we put before God? What do we put ahead of God? Our relationship with God. What is what is stymieing our relationship with God? It's Matt Chandler in Texas said... Uh, you know, it's, it's like the it's like the Happy Feet movie. It's a, it, desire isn't bad. You know, it's like the, the 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 chief penguin, the fundamentalist penguins up there. You know, and he's pounding his fist and repent. You know, like it's wrong to dance. No, God gave us dance. God gave us certain talents and abilities, and he and he wants us to do them for His glory. There's nothing wrong with desire, desire itself. It's what we put our desire in line with. Or do we put it in line with God? Or like Matt Chandler was saying, do we close our hand around our desire and say, no, this is mine? Do we thank God for our desires? Do we check our desires with Scripture and pray about those desires? Say, God, I know this is your glory. How can I bring this under your authority? I'm made for your good. I'm made for your benefit. You love us. You don't you want good for us. You're a loving, gracious God. 
how can I glorify you in this? One of my favorite quotes is by Benjamin Franklin. He said that, uh, he said, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. And people say, what? You know? And it, but look at Benjamin Franklin. What is he doing? He's putting beer under the authority of God. Because so, Benjamin Franklin, all right, raging alcoholic, right? Benjamin Franklin, you know, he was the guy that wouldn't show up for work on top. No, he's the, he's one of the founders of the United States of America. He's one of the, the fathers of our country. He was not a, a drunk because I believe he had that attitude about something like beer. He said, you know, I put, uh, beer is, is, is from God. God made it. God came up with it. God came up with the idea. You have people that desire to make wine. All right? Jesus drank wine. Yeah, wine, wine, not grape juice. He drank wine. <laughs> it's under the authority of Christ. You're not drunkard. You're not, you're not using it to, to fill something in you. It doesn't become a functional savior when you're thanking the savior for making it. When you're bringing it under the authority of the savior. And sexuality is deep. It's deep, man. It's deeper than 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 alcohol. It goes to the to the heart, to the core of who we are and and you know, it, it just you have to strip away your identity when you when you get down to your sexuality. Jesus talks about becoming his children, you know, over and over again. He says, you know, the kingdom of God, unless you're, unless you can be like this little child. You know, the religious people are like, oh, keep the kids away. We're doing serious religious business. And Jesus is like, no, no, you don't get it. He grabs a child and he puts a child, you know, in his lap. And he says, unless you're able to become like this little child, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And I, and I believe that there's a, a number of things we can draw from that, but one of it is identity. We've got to break down who we are and become as children again, as Christians, to be born again, all right? It doesn't mean saying some magic prayer and then your life is going to be all better. It means putting our identity, our, our, who we are, under the authority of Christ. It's not just saying words goes to the heart are our words are our heart in our words you know are we are we saying that prayer because we we want Jesus to come into our heart and change us or are we saying that prayer so our problems will go away or so Jesus can serve us so God will get me that uh, that car that I want or that house or that wife or whatever it is I like well, Mark Driscoll said that God is not a cosmic waiter waiting to bring you the things you, you want. But when we, when we get in his symphony, when we play his music, and that's the will of God, that's the, the first part of the, the Lord's Prayer. The will of God. Help me do your will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and that's that's it. That's fitting into the symphony of, of what God has for us. And it's not doesn't always mean that we're gonna, you know, live some lavish, rich lifestyle. But it does mean that we're on a journey 
and we're on a path and we're in an adventure and every day give us this day our daily bread how, how do we be satisfied with with what we have just today you know it's a little deeper than than the uh, 12 step uh, take it one day at a time I think that's a great saying but if you go a little deeper than that how can I fit into your symphony today God you know we think that we have to play this huge sheet of music that lasts our whole lifetime how can I get on on this piece of music today Lord just for today Give me my daily bread today. But I'm going long. I'm going long on this stuff. I wanted to play a song um, that has to do with my, the 80-20 rule. 20% of life is the stuff that happens. 80% is how we react to it. This song is uh, by Jeff Mullen. And the song is called uh, Over My Head. He says in, in the song, some of the lyrics are, you know, there's a cloud over my head and it's raining down on you. And that's a lot of times how we react when the, when the pressures of life get to us, when the stresses of life, when gravity is bearing down on us, crushing us, and we, we start to you know, rain on other people. When the clouds are over our head, we rain on others. We reflect that back to others. But once we start playing God's music, whatever the circumstances of life are, you know, Paul was writing these letters from prison talking about how he's in joy, you know. Getting on that page, even though he's been beaten, even though he's been abused, even though he's you know, he, he counts it all joy. I revel in hardship, he says. Bring it on. To die is gain. Stuff like that. He just did not let hardships get him down. And that, that is a tough one. But when we start playing God's music, we, we start getting into that. And we start seeing, letting God shine down on us. And that's the other part of the song over my head. There's a sun over my head it's shining down on me. It's shining down on you. As the sun shines down on us and we feel the warmth, we can shine that on others. I love this song. Send me an email. It's uh, russ at asl247.org Email's up and running now. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you.